0: Shift into an attitude of gratitude. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now, here's your host, three time best selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello everyone and welcome back to another Millionaire Woman Show where we bring you inspiring guests We're gonna motivate educate you to help you live life rich from the inside out using principles of life leadership and business and Stepping into your potential today. I'm very excited for we have a dual guest panel today So I can't wait to share with you Mark Victor Hansen is probably the best known co-author for chicken soup for the Soul Book series brand, setting world records in book sales with over 500 million books sold. He is also a prolific writer of 307 books authored and co-authored, including The Aladdin Factor, The Power of Focus, The Richest Kids in America, The Miracles in You, You Have a Book in You, and One Minute Millionaire series. Mark also worked his way into worldwide spotlight as sought after keynote speaker entrepreneurial marketing haven and charismatic speaker having spoken to 7,000 audiences in 78 countries and with him by his side is his beautiful bride Crystal Dwyer Hansen is a business strategist successful entrepreneur, speaker, and author of U.S. and China. Crystal is also known as the celebrity coach, is certified life coach, and wellness nutrition expert whose personal coaching, speaking, CD, and video programs, books, and articles have helped people all over the world. Crystal is a member of the International Coaching Federation and founder of Crystal Vision Life Limited, crystalvisionlife.com, The Skinny Life, a wellness company, SkinnyLife.com. Crystal is also the author of Skinny Life, The Real Secret to Being Physically, Emotionally, and Spiritually Fit. Mark and Crystal are heavily engaged and invested in clean, renewable energy throughout ownership in two companies, Metamorphosis Energy and Natural Power Concepts, based in Hawaii. Please welcome Crystal and Mark to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Deborah. We're so
1: happy to be here with you today.
2: Absolute delight.
0: Well, you know, when I had an opportunity to hear the topic of what we were going to talk about today, I think it's fascinating that we're in a time where we need to be asking more questions than ever. And you have this brand new book that just came out. What inspired you to write Ask?
1: Well, when Mark and I decided, we spent an hour in, like, a prayer meditation hour every day, and we started noticing that, really, the difference between people who are massively successful in getting what they want and those who are not comes down to one thing, and that's the ability to ask. Because both, both groups of people are overly endowed with talent, ability, likability, all these things. They're amazing people. But we're, we're kind of, you know, we started to say, what is that one thing that makes these people so much more successful? And, and when you break it down, it's just that ability to be able to ask, to be curious about life, to be able to question yourself. We say there are three channels through which to ask, and that is ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And each of those channels is equally important to master, to find the greatest, your ultimate success in this life. And, and that's why it literally becomes a pathway from your dreams to your destiny. That's why we, our subtitle is The Bridge. From your dreams to your destiny because when you start asking questions of yourself start asking others for help assistance you know insights and really start asking god what is my greater purpose in this world what am i meant for you know you will start to take steps one at a time those questions will be asked and answered one at a time and you will start moving toward that that beautiful place that you're destined to go
0: So what do you think holds people back from asking for what they want and even doing that self-reflection and asking?
2: Well, what happens is we wrote up uh, seven roadblocks to asking, everything from fear to naivete to pattern. You know, what happens is we do the same old, same old repetitively. Uh, And what happens is let me just do one story that shows it it and it fits these times better than anything else. And that's our friend, Jim Scoble. At 19 years old, he is a super strong guy, ready to go into the NFL, and he has spent his whole life magnificently obsessed with being an NFL player. He gets recruited at 19. The medical doctor comes back after the full medical and says, kid, I got bad news for you. Six months from now, you're gonna be permanently and forever blind, just crushed his spirit. He's self-incarcerated in a nine by 12 room, and all he's got is a radio, a television, and telephone, and he's grumbling about it, and his parents said, look, Jim, you got to go down to the blind meeting, see if they can help. Well, it's another echo chamber doing what he's doing. That didn't help. But he sits next to a beautiful, he said she was beautiful Kathy, who's also blind, who's a blind stenographer for a law firm. And he said, you know, I used to love to watch TV and watch thrillers and see somebody or right, throw a right hook. Somebody ought to do something about that. Now, that's a pivotal question of our time, getting us out of the quagmire. Because she said, well, wait, 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 we're somebody why don't we do something that's the question we've all got to ask we're somebody and what can we do to change this to open it up to reboot to reinvent, to re-innovate to re-entrepreneur to go to higher levels than we've ever gone before and and what they did is they created something that most sighted people don't know but they created narrative television 14 million people paid ten dollars a month for it and that's phenomenal but then a friend of ours a top speaker charlie trans jones it says, look, I know you're selling 15 million books a year, Mark, and you haven't got time to read a book, but this book you've got to read by Jim Stobel called The Ultimate Gift. Well, I read it. I was so touched. It's so good. Um, I wrote the Ford and, and and afterwards and said, this has got to be a movie. And Jim said, if I live to be 100 years, I'll thank you every day in my prayers because I made $100 million on that movie. And he says, I, and we interviewed him in our Ask the Bridge. For your, this is what it looks like. It just came out, so we're thankful to see this book. But uh, Jim said, we're, we're, he said, look, I now write books that I can't read and I make movies that I can't see. So you take adversity and you turn it into opportunity and that's why it fits perfect on your millionaire show.
0: Is That's the movie with James Garner in it, is it not?
2: Perfect. Oh, you know.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: Didn't it touch the heart? So is it touching. it touching?
0: Oh, yes. That's why I was like, I know what movie you're talking about. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah and the interesting yeah.
1: thing about that Deborah, oh go ahead, what? It was a very powerful movie. It is, and he didn't discover that talent because he would have gone into the NFL and been this great player. He wouldn't have discovered any of this talent success that he had unless he'd had this terrible adversity that locked him in this room, which is kind of what we're all doing right now. You know, we're kind of staying in our rooms and staying at home. Um, So the parallels there are really interesting and profound because from that place, he discovered this talent. He first created the narrative TV TV because he loved entertainment. And then he realized he had this amazing talent for writing. He just started writing and his gift for writing. So had he gone into NFL, he probably never would have done any of those things. Yeah. So the huge setback set him up for a lifetime of magnificent success. And that's what we're saying to people. Like that question that Kathy asked him that day, why can't we be the ones to fix this problem why can't we be the ones to provide this great need that's not being provided for and so we all have that opportunity right now to say what needs are not being provided for what are the opportunities for us you know this is kind of a reset point for all of us i think and i I find it interesting
0: people will say why me instead of why not me
2: bingo
1: that's a great distinction yep
2: the, the, the point is is what crystal started with by saying every one of us has immense talents we're born with whatever real number but 18 billion brain cells but they can't get catalyzed until what you said is the riches are within and then they'll come without because what you impress your pre- is previous to what you express i mean when i was bankrupt in 1974 and, and i was upside down i've been building geodesic domes in new york city built the wall street racket club botanical gardens aviaries but i was building out of plastic at the long time we said there's an oil embargo we didn't know that you guys had all the oil the world would ever need <laughs> anyhow uh, i went bankrupt so fast in 1974 i had to check a book out of the library how to go bankrupt by yourself and, and i'm hiding out in, in, under the sheets for six months but then all of a sudden i really wanted to be a communicator and i said we, we teach ask yourself others and god and i said okay god what am i supposed to do and he said well you're supposed to I think, be a professional speaker and writer. And I thought, you yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> so I went to my, I was living in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, and uh, went to my roommates, three roommates at breakfast. And I said, any of you guys know somebody that's not a famous person, a medical doctor, a lawyer, or a celebrity that's out speaking and someone younger? And then one guy said, oh, a guy a few years older than you is talking out to all the realtors out in Hawpaw, Long Island, New York. Well, I raced out there, watched this guy for three hours, mesmerized the audience. I said, I asked, Jim Collins, that's his name. Can I take you to lunch? He said, "I love a free lunch." I said, "Well, great. I'm going to buy." But can I ask you how to do this business of speaking? And then, you know, I ended up doing a thousand talks a year for the first three years, and and in between talks, I was selling every minute. So because I had nothing else to do, it was my magnificent obsession. And people said, "Well, do you have that story in a book?" And so I started doing books. Now we're actually, because of the book, Crystal, I've written 309 books later. (laughs) Yeah!
0: See, and again, you didn't know where your path was taking you. You just kind of followed where the clues
1: led. Bingo. That's exactly right, It's, And that's why asking is so important because so often in life, you know, life has a lot of setbacks. That's just the nature of life. It's a journey for all of us. And we're going to have personal crises and we're going to have setbacks. And during those times, it's easy to cave into that and just, you know, start wallowing. But we found that if you just start asking questions, it's, it's the simplest tool to use. And, and learn. if you learn to use it effectively, it will change everything because question by question, answer by answer, you will start to pull yourself out of where you are. You will start to get, you know, every question delivers an insight, a solution, an idea, a plan, you know, and then... From there, you start saying, okay, now I'm starting to see my purpose, my plan, what I'm good at, and how do, I, how do I get assistance? Who do I talk to? Who does this, you know, well, what I wanna do? How do I reach them? How do I find out more? And start, start reaching out to people, start asking for help and assistance. Amazing thing about that is we did um, a lot of research for the book, and we found that, the studies show that if you ask someone They're very likely to give you the assistance you're asking for, but in the study, it showed that people's perception of asking other people is completely opposite. They think, you know, people hold back. They don't want to ask. They're afraid. They think, you know, I'll be rejected or I'll look stupid or I'll look uninformed. I'll look clueless. Like, I don't know what's going on. So we don't ask. When the studies show that if we just ask, people are 80% likely to help you. That's a high percentage of help that we could get if we're just willing to learn to ask, and uh, like Mark was talking about those seven roadblocks to asking, we found everyone has at least one of those roadblocks. You know, the unworthiness, fear, pattern paralysis, all of that. So we tell some magnificent stories in the book about people who had those and you know have overcome them, and just by reading those stories, it's powerful because stories are metaphors for our brain, and it, metaphors are patterns, and our brain works in pattern. So if we're able to, you know, learn from other people's stories, we get stronger and better and it helps us overcome and recognize those roadblocks that we're carrying in our own lives.
0: So I have to share a story with you about that. And then I'd, I'd love to get your insight. So years ago, I was at a real estate seminar when I first was kind of caught into Hey, I can be a speaker like that. Just watching how people were drawn into this speaker. And it happened to be a friend of my husband's and I had gone up to him during the break. And I said, I'd really love to pick your brain (laughs) about how you can be a speaker like that. And he said, you know what, Deb, I'll I'll pull you up. We'll talk after the break. And little did I know in that moment that I would have my greatest learning experience is he pulled me up in front of those 200 people and asked me what I did wrong. And it was all about, because I said, I want to pick your brain. And I have to tell you, anytime someone asks me that now, I get a little trigger (laughs) to say, oh yes, you remember when you did that. Um, But it was the greatest learning experience because it helped me understand that there's this reciprocity and when you're asking you're asking with the intention not to just take from someone but to have that giving and receiving in return So he talked about volunteering, you know studying people and all, all these things like taking them for lunch and um, But it ended up being my greatest experience and after that all these people came up to me said Oh, you could do this. You could join the speakers association. You can do this Toastmasters and I was like whoa, I suddenly got a lot of feedback as to what steps I could take. But had I not taken the chance to stand in front of 200 people and uh, feel like I was embarrassing myself, it has taken me on a different trajectory as well. So is there a certain way people need to pay attention to how they're asking?
2: Paul, well, I want to go back to, you, you dealt with one of the great pieces of reciprocity which is generosity of soul at some levels. and and it, again it's inside out how are you going to benefit them so then they'll willingly and wantingly benefiting you and it's one of the things that was flashing in my mind was that what's true is because there are eight hundred thousand podcasts now in north america and, and americans because they're cloistered or listening to 170 57 million minutes a day uh hours a day and the average Ameri- north american north americans listening to seven hours podcast Everybody we're talking to said, well, if you want to do podcasts after we do them, we'll tell, recommend these great people because we've got all these great friends. But as we're doing the great friends, it, we're getting inundated with other opportunities. So what's happening is, is, is by asking the question, do you want to do podcasts with people that you would normally not get to, like one of our friends that I, we just wrote a book with called How to Be Up and Down Times. Mitzi Perdue, who, you know, the biggest chicken woman, and she's 84, sounds 25, has the energy, graduated Harvard in 1963. but they do 22 million chickens a, a year? And now we've got uh, two other companies that we need to have work with, Purdue Chicken, and I can't talk about that. Uh, but it's, it's just so amazing that, you know, we, if you have a spirit of excellence that is giving and believes in reciprocity of the soul, and spirit, and heart, and mind, you know, riches will come and seek you.
0: And I find it interesting that, you know, at that time I never thought about speaking. Like I had just sat in the crowd and I just watched and I was like suddenly it was like, yeah, I, I can do this. I know I can do this. And it and then it led to books and other things that I it was not on the bucket list per se. Um that's why I'm always fascinated at watching people's journeys. So can you tell us about a specific time when asking changed your life?
1: Well, yeah, I'll take that, um, and then Mark can tell his, but um, I think the most pivotal time in my life where questions uh, came into play in a huge way was when I was 21 years old. I um, was one of those kids who, high school was very easy for me, so I accelerated my curriculum and graduated at age 16, married a guy five years older than I, And two and a half years later, I'm like by myself in a city, alone, divorced with a baby on my hip and literally no idea how I'm going to support myself and no job. And so I applied for food stamps because I really didn't know what else to do. And the first time I got those food stamps and I was standing in the grocery store line ready to turn those over. And all of a sudden, this huge question just dropped in my mind. And it literally felt like time slowed down. And I felt like a spotlight was on my head going... What are you doing here? And, and the question was, how did you get here? And then it followed by a question that popped in my mind that said, are you really doing everything you can to, to find the way out of this? Or are you taking the easy way out? And I knew immediately when those questions popped into my head, what the answer was. And it just galvanized this conviction in me. And I said, as I was literally turning over those food stamps to the cashier, I was saying to myself in a very convicted way, this will not be my future. I will not do this again. And I didn't know how I was gonna change it, but I went home and I just thought I'll just start asking questions because because those questions that popped into my mind were so powerful. I said, how can I I start asking myself, how can I go to work tomorrow? Well, I'd heard about Kelly girls, you know, Kelly Services, temporary service agencies. I'm like, call them. I called them, they said, Yeah, just register, we'll send you a bunch of jobs every day and you can say yes or no. Well, I registered with them and I then I found out there were two other service agencies, so I thought Well, if I register with all of them, I'll get a better selection of jobs. So I started, I registered with all three. I didn't say, I was like, I I hope there's no rule that you're not supposed to do this. But I didn't see a rule anywhere that you weren't supposed to. So I started getting jobs. I was working at attorney's office, filling in for, you know, receptionists. I was doing display booths at malls. I was doing sales at conventions and things like that, temporary assignments. And i started really loving it and i learned a lot about myself i learned that i was pretty good at business and pretty good at sales and that i really like people and from there i decided to put myself through real estate school get my real estate license and within a year and a half oh and at the same time somebody had approached me a couple times and said you should do some modeling so i approached the modeling agencies i said would you sign me as a model i asked them and lo and behold the biggest agency did sign me so a year and a half from that time i was turning my food stamps over i was um the num- i was working for the number one home builder in our valley and i became the number one realtor in our company and i was making great residuals because i had done a couple of television commercials that were national so you automatically get entered into screen actors guild unions so i was had great benefits for me and my little boy like the best insurance benefits And so I often thought back on that experience. That was such a pivotal time in my life because it would have been so easy to cave into just that narrative that was going on in my mind. You know, I'm alone. I'm a young mother. I have a child and and it's easy. Those are big deals. I mean, believe me, I was crying on my pillow at night. It, It was, it was, it was dramatic, but, um, I'm so thankful that I had that moment of truth and that those questions came to me and I realized, and that's why, Mark and I are so determined to teach people this simple tool and technique of asking because it will keep accelerating you if you're willing to embrace those questions. And then if you're willing to listen to the answers, it will change your life vastly again and again and again. And it will prevent you from getting stuck and accelerate you forward in the most magnificent way you can imagine.
0: I think the key there was that question, are you doing enough? And I think right now people, um, some people have lost their jobs and they're like in the why me state, right? Even though it's a global thing, but this is an opportunity for so many people to switch gears or, or really ramp up the level that they've been performing at. So I love that question. Are you doing enough? Yeah
2: which is why we think ask is probably the most important leveraging book because everybody knows the biblical line "Ask and you shall receive, but no one has ever taught anyone how to ask. And we're saying all success comes out of passionately purposeful asking to get to your destiny. And and we believe if you're alive, you have a destiny. And back to your question, just a second ago, when I'm nine years old, um, I want a, I desperately want a little racing bicycle. And I asked my daddy and I didn't, I, Look, I love my parents, but they're Danish immigrants. And uh, I didn't get that they didn't have the money to buy the bicycle I wanted. It wasn't in my clue level. I was clueless. So mm-hmm. I kept beating my dad, and he kept saying, no, maybe when you're 21, kid. And I finally mm-hmm. said, well, because he believed in free enterprise, which means the more enterprising you are, that when you do massive work, the freer you are. So I said, could I have it my, if I earn it myself? Now, you know that racing bicycles like Trex and that are four or $5,000. So that's the kind of bike I was looking at and he thought no 9-year-old kids going to turn around that kind of money we're talking about when i was 9 years old a long <laughs> long time ago so he, i said can i earn it have it of earn it myself he said yeah go ahead Insured in his mind the kid'll never do it but i'm reading boy scout life i'm going through the hierarchy of boy scout that said you can sell greeting cards I the time that I said i can do this <laughs> I, I go out to neighbors like you and I. Big fur, you know. We had a lot of snow back in Waukegan, Illinois, outside of Chicago, and I had a big furry head and big furry mittens. And I'd come up and wipe my nose, and I'd say, "I'm earning my own bicycle." Miss Deborah, can I? Would you like to invest in one box of Christmas cards or two? What would you do?
0: Buy two. Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: By the way, I sold most ever. I sold 376 boxes of Christmas wow. cards in one month. I became the number one green card salesman. Thirty years later, with chicken soup, because I, I, you know, I'm the marketing guy in the chicken soup series that sold 500 million books. Not Jack. Jack's a Harvard genius, but you know, I'm the outside. He was the inside, and and uh, we sold all those books. But then I said, we're going to go go licensing. some greeting cards, which I won as a little nine-year-old who was back, and then we sold 897 thousand boxes of Christmas cards at, at grocery stores. Now, what that means to everybody listening is that you got to keep repivoting. And the only way to keep repivoting is if you keep reading and you keep attending seminars and you keep coming to podcasts like this and you keep opening your mind and you make sure you turn off the negativity on TV because that's what bankrupted me in 1974, listening to all the bad news. The economy's going, we've got a twenty-eight percent interest rate, no one's gonna make it. No, no, everyone's gonna make it if here's the point. If you read Survival of the Fittest by Clarence Darrow, he said it's not the smartest, it's not the strongest that survives, it is the one most adaptable to change and we're saying we think and and you're allowed to say yes or no but the only way you can adapt is by learning to ask
0: absolutely and i think that we should all be change agents i think people are afraid of change um, because it's progress but in order to progress we need to ask those powerful questions to be able to move forward and create that momentum that we want on our journeys Um, What is one of your most favorite stories from your book and which one?
1: For me, oh gosh, we have so many great stories under all topics, you know, personal development, relation, health, and fitness, um, and, you know, uh, stories that are just profoundly spiritual. I think my favorite is a story of a woman who's, um, because this, this pertains to the asking God part, because there are times in life when, you know, we've exhausted our all of our resources and it seems like nothing's happening and we've seen miracle after miracle happen So this woman her husband was dying of kidney failure They had tried to, you know, go to all family members. No one was a perfect match Either They weren't a match or they just couldn't do it like their work conditions or their other health conditions. No one could do it She had been tested herself to be a match for her husband couldn't and she was not so she walked past the room one day and she goes, I looked at my husband. I saw death ly- lying in that bed. I smelled death. And she said, I realized my kids were going to grow up without their father. And she goes, It was just unacceptable acceptable to me. So she said, She had to run some errands and she was just praying, God, help me find an answer. There has to be a donor for him. Um, and so she took off in the car. And as she was passing the hospital that was, doing, that was administering Walt's care at the time, Something just told her to turn in again and go get tested again Didn't make any sense right because she'd already been tested and rejected. They said you're not a match She raises she goes in pulls her press her car runs to uh, the woman who was taking care of Walt. Said, I need to talk to you. Will you please test me again? I just want to make sure please and the woman you know So she asked this kind of crazy question and thankfully this woman didn't reject her. She said You know, she granted her wish. She said, sure, you know what, Janet, let's do it again. Come on, let's go run the blood. So they started doing that, doing that. She waited there for the next couple hours. And lo and behold, this woman comes out a while later and says, She's shaking her head, her jaws dropped, and she said, "I, I don't know what happened, but she said, There is this weird, almost unheard of factor in blood that it's kind of like, she goes, because you're an A and he's a B. And she goes, it's a, like an A positive squared. And if that occurs, you can actually take that A blood and, it can, and you can turn it into a match for a B. And she said, Janet, I don't know why this came up now, but you have that factor in your blood. You can give your husband your kidney. And it, talk about a miracle. I mean, after everything had been written off, um, no way, She just kept asking for that miracle and it prompted her because Mark and I believe, and we've seen it countless times in our lives, that if you ask, God's perfect universe is out there ready to deliver an answer. We've seen it again and again. Miracles happen every day, but you have to believe, you have to be open to receiving those miracles. And she was. And so she donated her kidney and those little, both of her kidneys are living strong today, one inside of her husband and one inside of her.
0: Wow, Crystal, this is the first time on this podcast that I've welled up with tears, and wow. your particular story is um, really struck my heart because my mom is a kidney uh, transplant recipient from a live donor, oh, wow. and uh, she had been part of a prayer group, had started a new job, and had a physical, and was called to see a specialist because her kidneys were failing, and she had no idea. And uh, when she'd go to the prayer group, she's praying and praying. And this lady came up to her and said, what are you praying so hard for? And she goes, you see, I I need a kidney. My kidneys are failing. My creatinine's through the roof. And uh, she went away. And one day this lady had come up to her and said, "Um, I, through prayer, was told, I'm supposed to give you my kidney. Um, And uh, my background is nursing. So I'm I'm like, do you know what the... The chances of you being compatible with my mother are. And she's like, Watch me. And I said, okay, okay, I'll watch you. And I let her go through the whole process. My siblings weren't a match. I wasn't a match. My dad wasn't a match. And uh, her own sister wasn't a match. And uh, uh, during the whole process, she said, Deb, you need to believe me. This is what I was called to do. I've lived my life, it's time for me to give someone my kidney so they could live theirs and watch their grandchildren grow and everything. And she was such a perfect match that they said they they could be sisters, that's how closely they matched. And uh, the day after the surgery, I went to go wash my mom's hair and then I went to wash Alice's hair and Alice looks up to me, she goes, I just have one thing to tell you,
1: I told you so. Oh my goodness. Now I'm welling up.
2: I am. That
1: is a beautiful story.
2: Three quick things. People used to say, Do you and Jack cry? And I said, Look, if we don't cry, you're never going to see a story in one of our books. And and the same with Ask. We got a lot of those kind of heart touching, soul penetrating stories. Number two is I don't know anything about your speaking, but I love what you're telling. This is where you ought to start the talk. And three is what it does, it wakes up people's souls. And right now, people's souls are here's what happens. We, we said seven roadblocks to fear, the, uh, seven roadblocks to, to asking. And the first one is fear, false evidence appearing as real. And, and the point is, fear crushes the spirit, fear delimits us, fear depresses us, fear makes us despondent and disconsolate. And every one of us has been there. And when you hear a story about a miracle and it turns you wrong.
0: Oh, it totally does. And uh, I choke up every time because it's coming 20 years later that yeah. I've been able to have my mom because of that miracle.
1: Wow. And, you know, I think one of the most important messages we can give the viewers or the listeners today is that those kind of miracles exist for all of us. And we, ju- we cannot give up hope. And we need to keep asking. Because if you look at science, science proves that these kind of spiritual, miraculous things happen, if you look at, if you, if you, if some people, you know, who have a hard time believing in miracles, well, if you look at quantum physics that explains how all matter exists in the world, quantum physics says that atoms are nothing but uh, basically uh, possibilities that pop in and out of existence, the nucleus of the atom, so the electrons that circle the nucleus, they are literally just probabilities, and they pop in in and out, and what becomes matter is what you know the particle and the wave and i'm getting deep, it's probably too deep here but um it's really what we observe so if science observes that it's gonna that it's a wave if they're expecting a wave if they're looking for a wave they see a wave if they are looking for a particle they see a particle in other words what we're looking for what we're expecting is what matter responds to physical matter and that is the beautiful universe god set up and that's why when he, you know we hear in scripture ask and you will receive it is part of it's where where science ends spirituality begins Uh, we really believe that and there are miracles happening every day but the important thing is to believe to keep asking and to keep looking and expecting the magic to happen in your lives
0: and i i love that you say like have that expectation because i think people it's hard for them to believe that they need to believe it before they're going to see it Because of, you know, beliefs, self doubts, um, people, what people have said to them about, you know, that's not practical. You're just dreamer. Right. So I would love for you to speak to how do people handle those points of practicality so that they can tap into that miracle
2: well, we're saying you've got to ask big, and and in a short term, you know, Bill Gates says you probably ask for too much, but in the long term, we don't ask for enough. So let me give a quick example that also resonates with the one you did about your mummy just right now, and that is that uh, the head of the Red Cross, Elizabeth Dole, said, Hey, look, Mark, we're out of blood, and people are dying, and, you know, you know, as a nurse that you need nine pints of blood to your whole body, so... And she said, I said, well, let's get it from the medical doctors. I mean, we got 700,000 of them in America back then, and that's plenty. He said, no, no, they won't give. So I said, well, look, I have 10 honorary doctors, but three in chiropractic. So I'll ask all the 77,000 doctors and see 25 million patients for adjustments a month. And and we'll uh, talk to them and say, call 800-GIVE-LIFE, and we'll give. Uh, blood back and we get so much blood so fast. They reactivated all the old patients with you know By adjusting them that we had a year and a half of cryogenically frozen blood and it it just it took one question She said you always have all these great ideas mark and I by the way. I don't I don't think We are permanent. What we're, we're trying to do like you is is teach people to be masters at asking and and You know, I could have turned on Elizabeth but Why would I I mean she asked me for a favor. I said let me just think about it. I went to the chiropractors, they all brought in all their old patients, reactivated them, they made more money. We got the blood. Everybody was a happy camper and we saved a lot of people that would die because of car accidents or whatever, or, you know, being an operation. And, and it just, it's so nice. And, and the subtext here is that all of us feel better when we have a giving spirit. And right now, because we feel we're locked down, we feel we're self incarcerated. We feel the world is, is uh, stifled, stymied and shot and you can't travel you can't stay in a hotel you what we gotta do is start figuring out what we can do and open up our mind by asking what is it I can do to source and serve other people
0: that's that's beautiful because I know we can get stuck in the practicality and I know myself can be often said Deb you're just a dreamer but in the dream I see the possibility so what I'm curious about is part of your morning routine the prayer the meditation maybe the sitting in silence to help people listen for the answer. Listen and ask the question that they feel they need to. Um, what is your practice and how do you get yourself into a space where you're able to ask but also receive the answer?
1: Right, and that, that is such an important question and, and it's such an important thing to talk about. First, I wanna to say to everybody, there is not one thing that exists on this earth okay whether it's a billionaire a, a business that's worth a billion dollars a million dollars a small business a, a happy successful child anything a happy successful person a good relationship none of those things ever existed in in the physical reality before they existed in a heart and a mind so the beginning of all creation is inside your heart and mind so people get that backwards sometimes they look at all the bad stuff going on out there and they think that life is happening out there. It's not happening out there. Your life is happening from the inside out always. Everything out there it's always happening from the inside out. So that's the place we have to start. And so if you can start by just affirming that knowledge that my life creation happens from the inside out through my heart and mind. And you know, just get comfortable with that and we like to go into uh, we'll read some scriptures that we feel like because we're in this practice that we actually get answers and get feedback from scriptures or, you know, spiritual cards, you know, um, you, you know, daily um, affirmations and things like that. So we just go into that quiet space and expecting that we will create our reality. We will create our life and, and our universe from the inside out. And then we, we first talk about, you know, the things that are important, our priorities. We have to remember what our what higher purposes. We feel like there are a lot of activities we could do, but what's the most important activity? And because it is important to focus. What is the activity where we can contribute in our little corner of the world more, the most? And it doesn't, it's different for everyone. My daughter, you know, talks about this, she's a school teacher and she has the most amazing janitor at her school. And he's so kind and he's so good to each of these teachers who needs, who don't have enough resources ever. But he'll go above and beyond and make their day and make their classroom, build little things. So he's not just helping the teacher. He's helping every child that goes through that classroom. So everything we do in this life matters. It's important. So when you sit in that quiet space, really get in touch with what you're doing that really matters. And really everything matters, everything you do. And... What you talked about before, Deb, your lesson on the stage, how, you know, you said, I mean, pick your brain. Well, it's important in the circle, when you look at the science of getting rich or the science of making money, it's important that we always look at it as a circle. Am I, I'm going to give tremendous value and I'm going to receive tremendous value, give value, receive value. So we start thinking about that circle, you know, how, how can we give so much? And then how can we open ourselves to receiving more abundance than we could ever, partake of, you know, just overflowing abundance, because there's no limit in the universe. Um, so go into that quiet space and contemplate those things. And, and then just start asking yourself, what am I good at? What am I passionate about? What do I love to do? What, how could I bring value and contribute? You know, how can I look at this world, this, this, these new opportunities that are opening up, because we've learned a lot from this pandemic, and, and a lot of really practical, useful information such as who knew that all of our drugs were made in China, all of our Advil's made in China, all of this in a country that doesn't have the same standards of health, cleanliness, human rights. So now all of those things are going to change. Everyone's realizing we need to take control of this, of, of our, you know, uh, the our medical equipment, all these things. So what are those opportunities from a practical standpoint? The world is always changing. So don't get your feedback. That is not where you create your world from out there. Your world will be created from the inside out. So go inside and just start telling yourself, how am I going to create my world? And then we always end with prayer because we, we just are so thankful and we, we want guidance. You know, It's so important to be thankful for everything around you right now because it's like the glass half full, not half empty. We need to recognize when you focus on recognizes the beauty and abundance. You have two eyes, two hands, two ears. I mean, Jim Stovall, he lost his sight, right? People, we have so much to be thankful for. But again, we're looking out there, not recognizing it. So stay inside, get into your gratitude, and then look for your purpose and what you're good at and how you can bring value in that value circle to the world.
2: And, and get paid substantially for yes. it also.
1: I love it.
0: Um, I also, you know, going back to the story with Jim and the NFL. So when people have unanswered prayers, sometimes they'll come into, I think of Garth Brooks and that song, you know, that all these things you prayed for and sometimes don't get. And is it because they didn't pray with expectation or there was a greater purpose? You know, how, how would you respond to someone saying, well, I did ask and it didn't happen?
2: That's why I think Stovall's story is almost perfect. And we got a lot of them like that, 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 you know, he got stifled because he had a higher purpose and a divine purpose. If you don't mind me doing a spiritual overlay and, and, uh, his sub purpose was to become our friend. This guy has the most eclectic wisdom. There are two people with eclectic wisdom. There's one other story person I want to share with you that is a Canadian. Uh, but it, I've never met Jim physically. I mean, I know exactly what he looks like. If you walked in a room, I'd say, hey, Jim, how are you? You I've seen his picture a thousand times. But um, we've never met except by telephone and we've written stuff together. And it just, you go, wow. And, and he didn't know he would do that. He did not know that he was a genius writing wonderful stuff. The other story I wanted to do real quick is that Bob Proctor, who you know that name in Canada, I'm sure, yep. You know and i started two company owned two companies together one is million dollar forum which fits what you're doing and the other is a three percent club where we our research said three percent of us become millionaires and bob has been our friend forever but bob was comes out of the navy in canada it's hard to believe canada has a navy but then he's a <laughs> fireman <laughs> you know canada's so big and wonderful but what you got a navy you get two. anyhow yeah, so he's looking around and saying wait a second i earned uh, Four thousand dollars a year. I, no, the 1960s. He said I owe six thousand, and this isn't working. So I'm going to go find a guy. He finds a guy and asks the question to a guy named Ray, who I met, and he said, "Hey Ray, how do you become like you, wealthy, happy, healthy, well married, and successful?" And he said, "Well, you got to read this book called Think and Grow Rich." He read it. He read it. He said, "Well, what can I do that would be substantially valuable and people pay?" And he said, "Cleaning windows." Starts cleaning windows. Everyone made fun of him. Ultimately, he hired everybody at the, the fire department, exhausts himself. He's laying on the street in Toronto, Canada, and, and the police and the first responders are there. And they said, uh, do you need to go to the house? He said, no, I'm just exhausted. I got to go home. And he asked himself the question, well, what am I going to do? He said, well, if I can't wash every window, I'm not going to wash any of them. Starts hiring all the people at the fire department, then hiring the banker because he makes so much money. Owns a window washing in Toronto and Montreal and Atlanta and, and London, England. Is making a million a month. In two years, so he just started making an absolute fortune. And people say, "Well, how do you make that fortune?" Started speaking, and just it changed his whole life. And now he wants to get everybody. His goal is a very high goal of how do you talk to a billion people and, and inspire them like you and I, and we want to from the inside out and wake them up. And this, look, I, I never said this before, but maybe it's a spiritual, such a spiritual overlay God's putting on all of us that we all got to wake up. And and podcasts like this, I think. Are the re-vectoring, the re-pivoting, the reinventing, the re-entrepreneurship yeah. uh, of the new humanity? Yeah.
0: No, I, I appreciate that very much. What is one thing that readers would be surprised to learn about you?
1: <sighs> one thing that readers would be. Surprised How much like? she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me. Um, you know, I think, I think it's always a surprise because people look at people, you know, who are successful sometimes and think it's always been easy in our life. It's, we've had a lot of setbacks, you know, challenges. Um, and and also, I, people probably don't know, I came from a family of nine kids, 11 people, the same two parents, which was a wonderful upbringing because um, the socialization is, is just so unique when you have all of those people, you know, you have to learn to yeah. find your voice and form alliances and all of these things So so uh for me it's probably that uh i don't i don't there are other things i'm sure but um
2: what about your what, mom what you? being being born
1: oh well that's probably a longer story um than we have time for <laughs> just my mother had a grand mal seizure when she was pregnant with me oh, and yeah it was a very scary situation uh, we were in a small city, Idaho Falls, Idaho. They had to send her to the neurologist. My dad woke up in the middle of the night to hear this uh, weird humming sound from my mom and he reached over and she was, her body was as stiff as a board. And he called the ambulance, they came, got her, uh, couldn't figure out why she had this grand mal seizure. So they sent her to the next town over to go see a neurologist. Coincidentally, there was another woman, same number of months pregnant as my mother, who also had had a grand mal seizure about the same time. Now, There was a nuclear power plant near us. I don't know if there's anything to do with that, but it was a weird thing that both these women who were pregnant had these grand mal seizures. So the doctor gave her some pills. He said, you know, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know how, you know, what caused it, but take these pills for two years and come back and see me in two years. And my mom went home and called my grandmother. She said, I'm so scared to take these pills. And you know, I have this baby in in my womb. She said, my grandmother said, don't you dare take those pills. And so my mom threw the pills down the toilet and my father was upset because he was so scared. But my grandmother said, there's this new naturopathic doctor who lives two towns north of us. He just moved in. He's chiropractor, naturopathic doctor. Come up here, I'm gonna get you an appointment. So they went to Dr. Long. Um, He gave my mom an adjustment, some supplements, fast forward, you know, I was born strong and healthy. She never had another grand mal seizure ever. And uh, I'm eight years old and I'm at my dance lessons. And I came home from dance us, and I said, mom, I, I didn't know Miss Gossman had a boy. He, she said he's eight years old like me, but he gets off this little bus at, in the afternoon. He doesn't know how to talk and his mouth just hangs open. And then she proceeded to tell me that Miss Gossman was the other woman who had a grand mal seizure, that she, they both had grand mal seizures and she took the medicine was given and you know you don't know for sure but a lot of times back then they didn't know you know they didn't have as much awareness of how medicine could affect a fetus and so i i think i'm just so thankful for my mother that she asked the question in fact the stories in the book that she challenged her her health i mean you should ask a lot of questions about your personal health always ask more questions ask more doctors Ask until you feel really comfortable that you are getting the right care for you. I think that's an incredibly important lesson for everyone. And Crystal, you definitely have a higher purpose because that's why you're,
0: you're here with us sharing this beautiful message.
1: Thank you. I, and I'm I just, again, I'm so grateful. I, I do. I feel like things are divinely guided. I, and, you know. It's funny because my mom, when she said, when she was going to the hospital, they had decided to name me Christine. And at the last second she said, they handed me to you. And I said, no, her name's Crystal. She has to be a Crystal. (laughs) My dad's like, no, we decided Christine. But as it turned out, it's worked out well for my profession and, you know.
2: I I agree with what you just said. and, And so frequently I tell Crystal, look, she'd be very comfortable being a support person and a force multiplier and all that for me. And I said, no, 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 you've got to be shared with the world because you've got enormous wisdom, enormous brilliance, and, and you've got this radiant shine. And there are people that every one of us has got to wake up that inner being we've been talking about in this whole show, that inner wisdom, that inner wealth, because we've all got stuff to share that only you can share with somebody else and help them, you know, the old thing of if my candle lit and yours isn't, I light your candle with mine, doesn't take anything from mine, but makes the world fourfold brighter. Yeah. And, and the cliche we used to do is one mind awake can awaken another. The second awake can awaken next extra brother. Three of us awake can rouse the town by turning the whole place upside down. I get goosebumps telling you that. Right now, the world needs that. Let me do one more poem, if you don't mind, because I love poetry. Absolutely. <laughs> the Danish poet laureate is Dr. Pet Hein. He's a Nobel Prize winner and all that good stuff. But Pet writes and does cartoons like Dr. Zeus, and, and he's – Relatively unknown, but brilliant. I own all his books, of course. I own a lot of people's books. But Pep says what the world needs now is problem solvers galore, because each problem we solve creates ten problems more. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: true is that?
2: Boy, that's why I said it. It just is so. It's eclectically true, and and mathematical term, logically true. <laughs> it's,
0: well, I don't know. I'm. I'm going to put this out there that coincidences and accidents are not just accidents. I believe in serendipity. I believe that we're divinely led and there's these dots that connect us to one another. And uh, the reason that I could talk to you guys for hours is because I have a book called Let's Be Curious that I published several years ago. And it's all about asking the right questions, um, getting better answers to create what you want but it, it, it uh, obviously it takes a different approach but i i just see this power in pulling people to really get asked asking for what they want asking for the guidance that they need i i don't think people stop enough to ask themselves no. what do i want they get caught up in the busyness and i think that this message of asking being curious is one of the most needed, needed um, subject matters that people need to really tap into. So I am so grateful that uh, I got to spend this uh, time with you and the abundance of knowledge of asking and being curious. Um, I do have, uh, two more questions that I usually round off with, but I'm going to give you a choice for one of them. One is because you've written so many books, I don't know if, if you have a book on its own that has inspired you, has shifted your trajectory of whether it be your career, the way you think about things, or, um, so a book or a favorite quote that has really stuck with you to be kind of like a mantra.
2: By the way, everyone knows Think and Grow Rich, so I'm going to do a different book. I'm going to say that there's a great book we love called Resurrection by Neville, N-E-V-I-L-L-E. And Neville says you've got to live in the assumption of the wish fulfilled. Fits curiosity, fits asking. And so you got to ask yourself, well, what is it that I assume that I want to fulfill? And for our case, we want to get everyone to read the book ask one way or another i mean they could go to a library and check it out if well when libraries are open they can check it out again i guess that's sort of silly on my part and then the subset of that is that we want to create the ask challenge where we're asking everyone to get a copy of the book and because bookstores don't open buy it at amazon send a receipt to reception at markvictorhanson.com and what are we going to do
1: honey? well we want to have we thought how fun would it be to have the biggest book club discussion for this book, because we right. want people to read the book and then come together and let's discuss how it applies in our lives. So it will be like a private group that we're, we're putting together. So when you buy your book, yeah, like Mark said, send the receipt, the Amazon receipt to reception@markvictorhansen.com, and we will send you an invitation to the book club. We'll let everybody get, get a chance to read the book and then we're going to send this out and it'll be really really an interesting time together
2: and and let me just subset it not only are we with you in canada but in a few minutes we're with somebody in london we're in this afternoon at the end of the day we're with somebody in vietnam so we literally (laughs) because i've talked in 80 countries and and, um, i'm world's best-selling non-fiction author so there are a lot of people listening and we are going to have everybody integrate we're going to change the mind of the world and get people to ask so they ask for their inner riches their inner splendor their inner wisdom
0: That's going to be amazing to have a global platform of people being more curious and asking for what they want.
2: Thank you.
0: Final question is, what does it mean for both of you to live rich from the inside out?
1: So for me, it means it, it is so much that circle we talked about, like I I love giving value to people. I want I don't want anyone to be stuck. And that's why I went into life transformation and clinical hypnotherapy because I, I see this beautiful shining being inside of everyone. So to bring out those riches in everyone. And then as I and I know as I do that, my life gets continues to be more blessed. It's it's this when as I give that value to people, the that value always comes back and it's beautiful and it's rich and, and it goes across You know, every part of our lives with our family, our friends, our clients, um, and just the world that we're able to touch. So I'm just really grateful for for our life.
2: And I will add to that and say being rich from the inside out means you're fulfilling your soul, your spirit, your heart, your mind, your finances, your relationships, your health. And and you're here to have an extraordinary destiny, and, and each of us has one but it's up to us individually to ask ourselves, how do we fulfill that to the omni benefit of everyone else?
0: Very powerful. Um, last thing is please share with people how they can stay in touch with you and a final word of advice. Yes,
1: so we, you can find us on social media. I'm under Crystal Dwyer Hansen. I know it's a tongue twister. Crystal Dwyer Hansen, you know, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I I post some some helpful videos up there that I think help people. I'm going to be posting more guided visualization up there because I want to give more resources away to people. Of course, Mark Victor Hansen is, you know, he's easy to find. Mark Victor Hansen's Facebook, social, you know, all social media, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, So please stay in touch with us. I think being connected to people uh, is, is so important. People who will hold you up and and get you to see a brighter future for yourself. So let's make sure we stay in touch with each other. And um, the last question was what final again? Word final word of advice. Final um, Remember, you have the power inside of you. Your life is created from the inside out. You go spend some time with yourself and start creating exactly the life you want.
2: And my final word of advice is just real simple. I'm going to ask you to read Ask, but I'm going to ask you to find somebody else who's read it and then mastermind with them because two have the power of 11 as you look at it. And as you start to ask each other and and penetrate, you know, yourself, and back to the first thing you said is the uh, sort of the unexamined life is not worth living. Socrates said, right, you've got to do that self-reflection, the first thing you talked about. And we don't know how else to do it other than asking. And then you need somebody to uh, bond with. To go through it and, and we're blessed to have each other 24 365 but we also got some really close uh, as you all would call it mates uh, literally now around the world because we have traveled so much so we just wish all of you phenomenal asking success
0: Wow I am grateful blessed and uh, thank you both so much Mark thank and you. Crystal for coming on the show um, Sharing so many valuable nuggets getting into deep discussion regarding miracles regarding expectation and regarding the most important thing is asking Asking on so many levels and that the answers will be revealed to you as long as you just ask Thank you everyone for listening to the millionaire woman show We'd love for you to go over to iTunes or your favorite podcast player subscribe rate and review So and share this with your colleagues your friends and family so that they can start asking as well a lot more and grab that book ask Amazon when those libraries open we want to make sure that you get involved in this global mission to help more people ask and Make a big difference in this world I'd love for you to go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com where you will get your free part video mini course called Making Habits Stick," where you can focus with consistency on creating habits that are going to help you knock your dreams out of the park and make them a reality. On behalf of Mark, Crystal, and myself, and thank you for joining us. As Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world and go out and make today great.